This is Chaplain Jake Snodgrass, and this is the Prodeo Podcast, where we tackle the issues focused on military, congregational renewal, and missional community formation. Hi, what's up? My name is uh, Jake Snodgrass. I'm a chaplain here at United States Army Garrison Humphreys. And today I am with Chaplain Joe Park, who's headed out the door this week or tomorrow, headed back to the States, but I wanted to catch him before he headed out and ask him a few questions about chapel services and what he learned during his time here. So Joe, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your job and where you've been. Yeah, hey, uh, what's up? Hey, Jake, thanks for having me on today. Um, so I am an Army chaplain. I'm currently serving on the way out from serving the 41st Signal Battalion. Um, and um, I am headed to Fort Meade, so I'm super excited for that. Um, and uh, so I've been, I've been serving here uh, for the past 13 months, and I've been plugged in and serving as one of the associate pastors for uh, Agape, uh, which is uh, where you are the lead pastor here. Yes. All right, cool. So what, is your, what has been your experience um, in relation to chapel services before you came here? Well, um, so th- this is just my second assignment. Um, pr- prior to this, I was at Fort Stewart, Georgia. Um, and, and to be honest, I really wasn't too plugged in uh, to, to the chapel ministry there, the, the, the services over there, for, for various reasons. Um, so this really has been one of my, really my really first um, full-on experience being so um, plugged in and connected to a chapel service, um, being a part of the, 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 uh, the staff here. Um, but it, for me, it's been an absolutely amazing experience um, because um, I really, I, I think the, the concept or what we, what we believe here at Agape. And so I guess I'll kind of leave it at that and let you kind of chip away with some more questions. All right, sweet. So um, what do you think? I mean, I'm, you know, a lot of first-term chaplains come into the Army and when they come in, they're trying to figure out a way to kind of navigate the chapels and how they're being involved. And so that certainly is kind of a common theme. How do you think that like chapel services could do a better job of grabbing chaplains kind of during that first assignment period of time and getting them plugged in, you know, versus maybe figuring out, or is it good just to kind of let them figure out stuff for a couple of years and see where they fit? What are your thoughts on that? That's a good question. You know, I think there needs to be probably a, a greater initiative or a stronger push, so to say, um, to get uh, young first-term chaplains uh, to get plugged into chapel. Um, uh, you know, for me, this was, uh, you know, outside of my battalion, this was really the primary place where not only where I got to, um, to, to, to equip folks to serve and, 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 and to make disciples, but where I myself, right, my, I, I was fed and nurtured and, and again reminded why uh, I'm doing what I'm doing. And so for me, this has been, uh, at least Agape has been a place uh, of renewal, of, of, of being connected with other like-minded pastors and, and chaplains, um, being fed God's word being empowered to, to go out to my battalions, uh, to, those, to the barracks, to, to places where I think we off, too often you know, forget to engage in. So. Nice. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I was the same way in regards to my first assignment at Fort Lewis. My arrival, my first year, I mean, I deployed right away. But still in the middle of that, I was attending a church um, off post. And, and, and really, um, because we were deploying, it was like, you're only going to be here for two months. And, you know, being able to really get into, involved into a chapel service right away was a little rough. So um, I do think that there are options. And, and certainly... A, a, a good thing to go ahead and do would be to create some kind of initiative to get guys plugged in. Even if it's a kind of a, a job where you're getting mentored, or you're following a guy around to some extent just to learn about the chapel culture and, and what is what is needed and what is not needed, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It would be good. So what, what do you think in terms of your time here then? You talked a little bit about it. Um, but what, what are some of your takeaways from, you know, as you head to, to Fort Meade and head back, and, and not just Fort Meade, but through, kind of throughout your time in the Army? Did just take away from just your time here in the service, yeah. Oh man. Um so this is only my second assignment, right? So I haven't had too much experience with other chapel services. However, um, I have talked to quite a few chaplains um, as well. And uh um it, it it seems like this is for me it's been a place where uh again um uh, a, I've been, I, I've been, you know, able to uh, experience the gospel for myself. I've been able to um, uh, just equip people with the gospel, um, uh, and especially through, you know, we, what we call missional communities, right? Something you talked about last time on the last podcast, but um, something that for me has been really um, a paradigm shift, uh, e- even for me. Um, coming from my background, and so yeah, so some takeaways are you know um, I talk about missional communities, so I, I think this is something that's missing in a lot of uh, chapel communities, um, in a lot of chapels. Just this idea of uh, living with one another, um, living out the gospel with one another, and and going uh, into the communities that we serve on whatever post and installation we're on. And just living out our faith in in the, in the day-to-day quote, rhythms of, of life, which which we often talk about. Uh, and so for me, my, my major takeaway is, you know, this is something that's reproducible. This is not something you need a seminary degree right. to go and, and to do. Uh, this is something that is uh, normative. We do this every single day. Um, and so that paradigm shift that I mentioned is this idea of, of living out the gospel every day with one another and going and making disciples, um, whether we're eating, serving, like we often do, you know, um, in our community. And so for me, it being so easily reproducible um, and, and being, a, being able to impact the community in that way is something that I'm walking away with there. Yes. Yeah, I think one of the things that, you know, I talked about and we talked about quite a bit is just like it, we make it way too hard um, in terms of you know, chapel communities and things of that nature. We try to have like a certain style or we focus on a certain kind of way or this or that. But really uh, what makes it reproducible is like relationships like you talked about and, and really appreciated you in here and, and, and getting plugged in with people. Um, and so I saw that uh, frequently just in the way that you did normative stuff. And so that's, that's good. It's tough. You're a good preacher. Thank you. He's really good. Um, where did you learn to preach? How was that formed? 
And then is there anybody who like kind of came alongside you, can maybe give you some good advice or mm. like, what did you what, talk about that? Talk about your development in that regard. Um, so early on, um, uh, from, so I attended Washington Bible College in Lanham, Maryland, and then I attended Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. But I think even before going to seminary, I had a lot of opportunities, um, to starting with, you know, teaching Bible study, Mm -hmm. um, and other, uh, pastors and uh, mentors giving me the opportunity (laughs) <laughs> to make lots of mistakes <laughs> in, a, in a smaller setting. Um, and so, I, A, I had a lot of opportunities to preach and teach. Um, however, uh, you know, I also listened to a lot of preachers. Yeah. So that definitely shaped and formed a lot of my, um, I guess, style of preaching as well. Um you know, I read plenty of books. Uh, one book, uh, what is that? Uh, by, is it lecture? Uh, Charles, uh, Spurgeon's Lectures to My Students. Mm, yeah. uh, that's a, a wonderful book. Right. It's a thick book. It's going to take some time to get through. But that, for me, was absolutely formative. Uh, I learned so much from him. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I just read a lot of books about preaching. Um, uh, Timothy Keller's book on preaching is, is, is really good as well. Um, but I, you know, aside, I think aside, you know, people have affirmed for me that, Hey, you know, Joe, you have a gift in preaching. And, and so that, that's kind of reaffirmed for me that, you know, something that God has given me as well. Um, I just, I made a lot of mistakes early on. Um, just had a lot of opportunities to preach, uh, just being willing to be shaped and formed, um, by those that have gone before me. Um, and, and, and I can't. And I can't go on without saying this, which is, um, for me, just being in God's Word, right? Um, Letting God's Word saturate my heart, my soul. Um, Because if I'm not going to, if I'm not impacted by it, if I'm not passionate about it by the end of the, you know, know, second or third day as I'm preparing to preach this particular text or something, um, I I, I need to stop and get on my knees, right? Because... Um, I'm preaching God's word to God's people, and so for me, um, just just coming before God, uh, humbling myself, and just saying, God, hey, work in and through me, um, uh, use me as you will, um, and I just kind of leave it to the Lord. And yeah, of course, I, I make sure I, I study hard, I, I diligently pray, and um, I study the text. I use resources as needed, but. Uh, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it does. I mean, I I just feel like for a guy who really, we had to preach and you were really good right away. I mean, one of the things I think is a hard thing about chapel ministry and about chapel communities is that one of the things we tend to do is we wrote oftentimes kind of a standard practice across chapel services and things like that. Are is that we rotate preachers and like well, maybe like ten or fifteen guys, right? Like up to I've seen a, a really long, uh, big preaching calendar. So a guy will preach, you know, once a quarter, something along those lines, or you know, maybe it's often. Then I've also seen it the other way around. And how I've tended to do it is 
where we have the two or three main preachers and then and then rotate kind of based on you know where your person's at and so there's good and bad on both right so mm-hmm. the good in the utilizing lots of guys is lots of guys get an opportunity to get up in the pulpit and things like that yeah. the bad tends to be that the congregation tends to um, they like they prefer more often than not a, a smaller group of preachers who are uh, more in tune um, with one another in the sense of it. they're not hearing something completely different right. um, regularly. So they like they're you know it, not that they're like their guy, but at the same time like um, you know it's one of those deals. Of, I just something I hear pretty regularly mm. that they like that and so. Um, on the flip end, the bad thing is if you have a, a smaller group of pastors, then the last group of guys get into the pulpit and get yeah. to do those practices. And then also in our context, in our situation, agape being two services total of about 750 people, is that when a guy gets up and preaches, if it's like his first time that he's been doing it in a really long time and he does make those kind of mistakes, he's not just making a mistake to 15 people. He's making a pretty big, you know, so we... So that is a, that is a challenge. I think it's something that we have to navigate. And I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> I mean, like for example, some. So you know, you have to you have to practice, right? Mm-hmm. You have to you have to you know you have to grow and practice. So something like what you, what you're what you guys are doing here is you're you know you're starting a preaching cohort, right? Uh, and so something like that is absolutely necessary. I think it's important for um, pastors, preachers to continue to refine. Uh, the gift that God has given to them, um, you know, if I if I don't, you know, if I don't preach for 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 several months or for years, yeah. I'm going to be a little rusty when I go up there. Sure. Um, and so I think, you know, what you're doing here at Agape, you know, with things like the the cohort you're going to start up here shortly, uh, those are opportunities, especially I think as the army chaplains, we, yeah. we definitely need to take a hold of because the assumption is as army chaplains we come in and we're Ready to go. Ready to go, yeah. um, <laughs> without any need of um, support or retraining or anything of that nature. And right. so, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's one of the things, you know, too, and trying to get the the modular classes that we do on the on the opposite service of so at nine thirty, eleven. You know, we have the classes and getting chaplains to teach those. I think those are another good way to kind of get guys teaching regularly mm-hmm. um, the Bible stuff. And but yeah, that's something that we have to kind of work through and figure out, just in terms of equipping our leaders and equipping our chaplains and. And not just them. I mean, we we want to equip people to be able to teach and to do that, and all that to say is it's good. Well, thank you. Um, and so you head out tomorrow. I do. And you're headed to Fort Meade. You're gonna reunite with your family, so that's exciting. Super excited about yeah, that. Yeah, excited for you. So yeah, um, yeah. Thanks for coming on, and, and thanks for kind of giving some insight and thoughts. And I think that is helpful, and and certainly. Um, maybe an encouragement to some guys who are maybe thinking about how to, should I get involved in chapel services or, you know, not that you should, it's on your orders, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but too much, the theoretically, like the type of value that it can provide and it is available to you that um, it does uh, give you opportunity to make an investment on your installation. So anyway, thank you. Thank, and thank you for, you know, your, your partnership and your leadership at chapel. And I know a lot of people who are, uh, I'm going to miss you while you're gone and miss uh, listening to you preach. And so anyway, well, sweet. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. You can find more from us at prodeochapel.com and click on our social media platforms and connect with us there.